It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back live here on a Monday night. Fellas, we were going to jump on, talk about the Orioles' great week. 70 wins here on August 7th. One of the best seasons, regular seasons they've had in many, many a year. Heading into a huge week where they play the Astros um, on national TV twice, also against the Mariners on Saturday night when they go and play them. RDT has all his his Mariners fans in his mentions um, it, as we sort of do instant analysis uh, type shows for the Orioles. Um, and we're probably just going to record regularly, like not go live, but we have gone live because the Orioles have somehow waded their way into becoming the biggest story um, in sports. And not because of all those things I mentioned, which should be the, the storyline of choice for anyone talking about the Orioles. Um, I think Bracer Report has them like number one on the power rankings. Like all these great things, all of the, all the things you would want. And now um, today it, it was uh, revealed uh, or reported from various outlets. Um, now various outlets came out came out early this morning um, that Kevin Brown, the Orioles' main play by play broadcaster on Masson, um, has been suspended or at least kept off broadcast. I guess suspension would be the proper term there. Uh, for comments he made about the Orioles' um, record against the Rays um, in a at the Trop um, in, a, in a in a segment that was pretty clearly pre planned, had a graphics package and all those different things. Um, that was you know this is reported that this is the, the reason he got suspended for and that that those facts were in the game notes. Blah 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 blah. This has now caught wide wildfire. RDT, you uh, you did your old you did your scoopity scoop. Your 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 inside got some information that Mr. Brown will be back at some point in the near future. I believe um, was was some of the the details given. But since even then, uh, this story has gotten out of control. Really on Twitter, um, you have. Uh, guys like Gary Cohen on the Mets broadcast, Jason Benetti on the White Sox broadcast, all commenting about it on air. Michael Kay on his radio show, the Yankees play-by-play announcer. Um, now a variety of Twitter personalities ranging from who we found. Scott Van Pelt, Trey Wingo, Robert Griffin III. Just a wide range um, of media personalities. And I think there's I'll, – I'll open it up by saying two things, and then I'll, I'll throw it to you, RDT, since you were kind of in the middle of it a little bit. First of all, Kevin Brown is a fantastic broadcaster who has really elevated um, the Orioles broadcasting after some some you know uneven years, I will say, um, in that main chair. Um, has great chemistry with Jim Palmer, great chemistry with Ben McDonald, really anybody else they throw beside him. And genuinely seems like, I've never met him personally, but genuinely seems like a very, very nice guy. And you hear that pretty much from everybody. Also does stuff for ESPN. Like he is a, he is an ascending talent. And that is part of the reason why this came out as there became rumblings of like, why is this guy not broadcasting the games? We have to start there. He is an incredibly talented guy who, you know, deserves to be on the thing. And the second one that I would start with is this is an incredibly preventable self-inflicted wound by the Orioles who somehow have changed the narrative from being the best story in the game to their announcing situation, which, I mean, we obviously care about the Orioles announcing situation because we watch the games on mass and night tonight. Nobody else in the country does. No, I mean, this isn't like a nationwide a team with nationwide following like the Mets or the Yankees or the Red Sox where that stuff just naturally will get 
you know, nationwide coverage because there's fans everywhere and and those broadcasts are highly rated and whatever. Masson does what they does what they do. People around here watch it. Kind of is what it is. Kevin Brown's a very good talent. And we're very lucky to have him in Baltimore. And now this is the like defining storyline of the last month of the Orioles when they have transcendent talents at the major league level. They are the best team in the American League record-wise. They are, you know, gonna be one of the you know five or six now betting favorites to win the World Series after four or five years of rebuild and really, you know, had some good teams in this decade. But in terms of being a team like this, that was considered like this, it's been a very long time. And you saw the emotion about honoring an 83 team on Saturday night. And you're like, wow, maybe we're getting to a point where the Orioles back to the Oriole way the the, the personnel decisions and the consistency of winning and excellence among, among the player personnel. And now this is what we're talking about. And it's, it's in, it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing look for the organization that had done such a good job gaining back goodwill from a fan base that had lost trust. You know, it will pass eventually. You hope that Kevin Brown is back on Orioles games. That will make the stretch run so much better. He deserves to be there. Orioles fans deserve to hear him call it through after they heard him kind of build up this young team. And we deserve mm-hmm. to just be able to talk about baseball. I mean, that's what's been so fun about this. All of the Orioles talk for five years has not been about the product on the field because it's been so bad. So we found other things to talk about. And now all we can talk about is the product on the field. So, uh, RDT, your overall thoughts on this situation as we sit here at 9-12 on Monday, August 7th. It feels like it's like it should be 9-12 in the morning with how long the day has been. Um, no, I mean, you, the you situation. Ran, you ran out of DMs. I, I didn't know that could happen. I, I didn't I didn't know what that was, but shocker, Elon triggered me, and I could not say <laughs> DMs. But no, yeah, I mean it's an awful situation. Like I have friends who are like, send me the video and be like, what? I, did I miss something? Like, was there a curse word? Did was there a slur? Like, did, what happened? And it's like, no, it is what it is. I mean, you see what it is. Like that's that's the whole story. People being like, there has to be something else. The story is that that that's what it was said, and and that upset Angelos and and. Again, you heard that he was on radio in Philly and he had the comment about Harper not barreling up, you know, balls or anything. And then the next pitch, Harper hits one. So people were clowning him for that. But that's, again, that's the last time he was on radio. Um, it's awful. It sucks. Like, like I said, we've all noticed it. And like, I've gotten some DMs the last couple of days about it. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you guys want me to say. Like, I don't know where, I didn't know where he was. I didn't know what happened. But again, you could kind of pick up that something was the issue. But, um, Again, when I found out, I didn't think it would be like this, like blow up into a legitimate national news story, like you said, with with the the you know the Yankees got or you know Michael Kay and, and the, the Gary Cohen and and Benetti. And again, it's gonna happen tomorrow when when they're on TBS. I didn't even know they were on TBS tomorrow either. I mean, it's gonna be a national thing again. Um, I'm sure Stephen A is Stephen A is is gonna try and get in on it, absolutely. But yeah, it, like you said, I mean. I talked to someone today that said we should we should be talking about 70 wins. They're one game behind. They're one win behind the Braves, like for the best record in baseball. And it's August 7th. Like that's what we should be talking about. We should be talking about Gunner. We should be talking about, you know, like just how good this team is. And and this kind of has like a Redskins feel to it where it's like, oh, we got built up so much. And it's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna give you this now and you're gonna handle it. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, and again, I feel bad for the players because again, the Orioles are kind of a joke right now. It's it's back to thirty to three. Like this is kind of thirty to three part two. Um, but you know, guys are getting you know they're they're the butt of every joke. And again, these guys have played their asses off all year. They've played awesome baseball. Um, 
And now again, they have to read and see all this stuff about the team, even though it has nothing to do with them. Um, it's, it's, again, it's just a weird situation. It, it, it sucks from the front office down again. It's a, it's a very, very embarrassing look. Like, it, it's just one of the most embarrassing things that can happen. And, and it's just, they're, they're the butt of every joke and it's not going to go away. Like you said, anytime soon, we should be talking about a massive series. We should be talking about Dusty Baker taking shots at them at the white house today. And instead we're talking about KB and we love Kevin and, and hope he comes back. And, and again, I was told that he'll be back soon. I don't know when soon is I was told near future, you know, they've got some uh, exciting games coming up in San Diego and Seattle. I would love to see him, you know, covering those games. But I don't know. It, it was a very weird day. And again, I, I didn't when I found out about it, I didn't think it would ever grow to this like magnitude. Like I'm sure if Letterman was on, he would be having like some bit about it. And, and you know, everyone would be laughing. But yeah, crazy day. Crazy day. Again, a lot, a lot of thoughts going around and they all seem pretty one sided. And again, I mean, I'm on that side and and I just want Kevin Brown calling Orioles wins and deep, deep into October. Well, I know they can't call the games in October, but. Yeah, we, we we want him back. So hopefully soon. Quote, well, radio future. in October, who knows if he would have been. I mean, maybe he would have been featured in radio as they head through the playoffs. Shifted over that way. Yeah. That'd be cool. Spenny? I just think uh, the the happiest person in the world right now has to be Tim Anderson. Like, talk about <laughs> just shifted the narrative. Talk about just sliding under the rug by the grace of God from something that is so bizarre and peculiar and random to just save your absolute rear end. So Tim Anderson is is thankful of uh, whatever bizarre situation has transpired in Birdland. Um, and to me, it's just like the first thing I want to say before I forget is that I would love nothing more than for this to turn into a positive situation. I would like there to be a positive reaction from fans at the game and on Twitter. And I would like it to transform into a positive movement to support Kevin Brown, to support the guys on the field and take it in stride. And don't let this, what, what is the, the phrase? I'm going to sound like the cheesiest jerk off of all time right now. You know, can't clip these wings. Don't let them clip your wings. Don't let the national media get you in a tizzy support Gunnar Henderson, support Brandon Hyde, support the Orioles that have been grinding their tails off. So we'll, we'll try and spitball. Maybe we'll come up with some, uh, some duct taped plan on here to, to have something cool. I know I'm going to the Astros game tomorrow. Eric is too. But mm -hmm. um, with that, it's like, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but it's like he, he, all you had to do, it's just like the easiest thing. And, and you made the parallel to the Redskins. It's like winning cures all if you can just get out of your own way. Just mm -hmm. you grind away, you put in the work and, and let the results speak for themselves. So um, hopefully this is a nice wake up call to everyone involved and everyone in the Orioles organization that you just have to get out of the way of winning. The fans will come back to the stadium. Revenue will freaking quintuple, triple, double, you know, freaking Hakeem Olajuwon in the nineties. Like you'll get so much revenue back. Just let the guys on the field do the talking for you. There doesn't need to be uh, anything that isn't organic other than hard work going on. So I'd really love for this to turn into something positive, but it's just like, it's like the Bart Simpson. It's like, don't do something Dan Snyder would do. Don't do something Dan Snyder would do. Just stay away from that. They'll be good to go. So hopefully this is just a nice wake-up call. The Orioles organization has so much history and uh, you know has had their, their ups, their downs, everything of that. They don't want to talk about the downs apparently. But um, at this point, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not just going to slide away. Like you've got Scott Van Pelt 
the son of Maryland sports. Like you've got art, like you mentioned, RG, it's a who's who. It's a, anyone who ever holds a microphone and talks about sports right now is losing their damn mind. SNY is going crazy. Michael K is going crazy. So, you know, this isn't just going to go away. Um, something needs to be addressed here. I, I have faith in the Orioles to, you know, take this in stride, hopefully. And again, I just want this to turn into something positive from the Orioles fan base, from, you know, Kevin Brown's situation. I personally, like, I'm not just blowing smoke here. Like, I get a little pissy when it's like, there was a good stretch where it was Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald, and then it wasn't for a long time. I think they're such a good duo. So good. Ben mm-hmm. McDonald definitely has put in so much work, too, to become an upper echelon, like, highly prepared, capable, well-thought, full and spoken announcer as well. That duo in, like, June, May, oh, my God, I was addicted. I couldn't get enough. Like, I wanted to listen to every word. I was hanging on every word. So I hope that Kevin Brown can come back. I hope that there's no sort of, you know, tension or anything like that, and, and he can just get back to what you guys said, what he's doing. So, um, you know, I hope this, again, just turns into something that's really positive. This bizarre situation will be put behind them. You know, it, it will be a – it was really a trifecta of weird things today. We got freaking – Dusty in the White House. We got Wes Moore at Ravens practice talking about the Orioles lease, wearing a Ravens Lamar Jackson jersey skin tight. And then this one, I'm like, what the fuck, man? Talk about a my Monday. Guy, the, go, the Gov is, is jacked. Oh, my God. He's got a pretty sick, like, perfect, like, mili- military guy tattoo right here on his he big does. bicep. I was like, let's go, Wes Moore. Let's go. Good for the so, Gov. Just a, bad things happen in threes. Weird things happen in threes. There's a huge rainstorm going on. So, you know, <laughs> as, as my pop-up always used to say, this too shall pass. Learn your lesson, and, and let's uh, get back to normalcy here for a winning team. We closed up shop at Maryland at 3 o'clock. University closed because of the weather. <laughs> Storm was rolling in, baby. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, as you said, there's so much um, conjecture on this now on social media that the amount of fresh takes we could have on this show is, is pretty limited. Like, there's kind of every take out there. The I'm waiting. I'm I'm waiting to see who the first guy to take, like John Angel. It's gonna be like Skip or something. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna have some take and be like, here's why. And, you know. and this is why the Orioles can't. This is why the Orioles can't win. Shouldn't win, but can't win here. Mm-hmm. This is like when this happens to a broadcaster or some media, a media member. You are going to have, and and fairly so, every media member who, hold, as you said, who holds a microphone or holds a, a pen or types in their story on the computer. Go and defend this guy because this is like becomes that sort of ownership versus media type of storyline that everybody, you know, wants to jump on and make sure those people are protected. So especially the play by play guys. And that's why you see a Gary Cohen and a Michael Kane and Jason Benetti using their platforms because they know they can't lose. I mean, this is there. I mean, they mm. can be absolutely in the right here um, to to kind of defend Kevin Brown. And, and it probably also shows you um, how liked that guy is, too that everyone is mm-hmm. kind of quickly coming as defense, especially among that circle, which is very tight. I mean, there's not many of these jobs. A million people want them. And so the ones that have them are extremely talented for the most part. And Brown is, is no exception. Um, there's the other stuff in, in, you know, Britt really had the, the, the athletic story with some other things about, you know, talking about how Orioles broadcasters were reprimanded for things that they were wearing and other stuff like that. I mean, this is the, the long and the short of it for me. Um, and you get, we've kind of all touched on it is, you know, and we talked about this in terms of like the personnel decisions for the trade deadline. This is why it kind of sparked me. I feel like the front office, so Mike Elias and the baseball personnel people, for the most part, have done a very good job gaining the public's trust in most circles. So if you're reasonably watching the team, you're like, okay, this rebuild has brought us into this prominence where we feel like we're set for five or six years, um, hopefully. 
what has lagged behind that and what I think limits their ability to get all the way to the, across the finish line with that is this deep distrust for ownership that has gone on for a long time because of the product on the field, but also things off the field. You know, we, we talked about this lease and movement moving situation all off season. And that's another one of the reasons why that's there. And the John Miller situation from years back, a hall of fame broadcaster and the owner of the, the former owner of this team, I guess, current owner, Peter Angelos in involvement there, obviously the father of John Angelos, who seemingly made this decision according to all the reports that are out there um, or upper management or whatever it may be. Like, this is what brings you, like, this is what hurts your ability to get that trust back in the fan bases and is why, you know, you have the people that it's like, all right, it's Friday against the Mets and you would hope that crowd was 40,000. And that's part of the reason why people aren't just going to like show up in droves over and over and over. They're coming back. As you said, Benny, they are coming back. People are coming mm -hmm. back. You're making up all this money back because you've put the product on the field. The winning has cured so many of the ills. Just stay out of the way. Like it is just, uh, and the other point of that is like, and we, t I've talked about it. You, me, you texted me and RDT earlier today. Like I've had really good things to say about the mass and broadcast. Can't say that for my entire time on this podcast. Very good things to say about it. I think they've gotten the talent right. I think they've invested more in the production. I think they've tried things. They've put the broadcasters in center field. And look, this probably, you know, if this is a, a, an outsource suspension, that's a probably an upper management decision on the Orioles pride, not Masson. So they might just have their hands tied here. But just another way for Masson, who I'm sure is like feeling good. They're like, God, we have this superstar. He's got great chemistry with all of the the color guys. We we love the host. He's like, out in the bird, he's out in the bird bath with a yeah, daiquiri and yeah, a bucket I mean, hat they, on with a microphone and sounds good still. I mean, they are mm -hmm. they are you know they're they're finally finding a groove, and I'm sure ratings have to be up. I'm assuming they're going to be pr pretty far up, and and all those different things. It's like this is just another thing. You're like, oh my god, you know we've we are also gaining trust back with the fans. So it's so unfortunate. It's unfortunate that this is like the storyline that's being talked about, and they just. They have to figure out a way in these little moments to just stay out of – I mean, they just got to stay out of – it's all going well. I mean, the Yankees weekend was amazing. It looked like – I didn't go to any of the games this weekend, but it looked amazing this weekend. You know, mm -hmm. the Saturday night with the 83 team with Eddie Murray, you know, Ken – it was so funny. I'm I'm at my parents' house on Saturday and we have the game on, and this is like you, – you see like the Generational Orioles fans, they're putting the 83 team on, and my parents are talking about like Ken Singleton and Eddie Murray, and they're like loving watching it. They're like, this is so great. You know, it's so great that they're good again. My mom's like, we watched the game the other day. My mom – I wasn't put on the Orioles on a weeknight and, and I mean, she does, there's no, no reason for her to put it on. And now there is like just little things like this. And this obviously will pass and everyone will, you know, focus back on the product in the field, but just a, just a weird blunder. And just, as you said, RDT amazing how it's blown up. And I'm not shocked that it has considering it's a media ownership type of conflict, which really gets people riled up, especially in that space. But wow. I mean, you know, obviously you had the, your, your report there from, you know, an upper source. And I think Andy Koska from the Baltimore banner um, had a similar sort of, you know, thing that he put out, but that, that stuff did, you know, did not quell any of the anger. Cause once it gets beyond this sort of little Baltimore, you know, um, uh, small town type of thing. I mean, no one's re no one's really looking at some of that stuff they try to do. So I'll be interested to see if they comment. I think they, you know, they said they don't comment on personnel matters. Maybe it will just be like, hey, Kevin Brown's back on Wednesday night and like nothing to see. It's over. Blah, 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 blah. Um, we'll, we shall see. We shall see what they decide to do. Yeah.
It, Definitely I feels mean, like again, he'll be back after this this road trip coming up post Astros. I think he uh, he has a good shot to settle back in. If I had to guess, if I was a betting man, which who could say? <laughs> I would hope. Again, I mean, I <laughs> who's to say? Um, no, I, again, I mean, I would love it. I would love nothing more than than Kevin to come back. I want him back asap. Um, and t- Taylor, I think you're. I forget who talked about it, but again, like, don't let this like cloud the season so far again like these guys yeah for sure that have been working they're they're working their asses off they're playing awesome baseball like don't again you're saying i'm seeing the like chant this tomorrow at the game and let's bring these signs and it's like listen don't you know we're not gonna boo the team because of a decision by one guy you know like that's we we've got to calm down with that like again still go support these guys like this series coming up like dusty said is like one of the biggest ones like still go out there support them Again, you're still supporting Kevin. Like we all want Kevin back. Like that's again, don't get that twisted. Like, and that's the most sad thing too. It's like, I mean, this. Like, I would have loved to have opened the show this week with how incredible are the Orioles. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is amazing. I mean, they are just they find wins, ways to win. You know, they're just so Gunner is so exciting, and Adley is so exciting, and the pitching has been fantastic. They've been beating they, teams like over the head with a club lately too, which was yeah. a little atypical, especially the first half. Yeah, we get to watch Grayson Rodriguez throw in a huge spot tomorrow, who is you know starting to come into his own as this guy everybody wanted him to be, and and obviously personally for us that's awesome because he's been on the show a few times, and like it just sucks that this is the story. Something that is just so preventable. It's not like a player went out and did something wrong and, and, you know, got suspended for that. Or, you know, Brandon Hyde said something like it's, it's it has to do with the broadcast team. I mean, it's just, so, it's just such a self-inflicted wound. It's, it's, it's wild to me. And, and like you said, RT, unless, you know, everyone, you're right. Everyone is like, where is the actual thing? There must be something else. I can't imagine there is. And if it's that, it's just, it's going to be tough for them to explain. I, I you know, especially like, if you're that way on your own, you know, the best broadcast, even, and look, the team related broadcast is state run media for the most part. It is. I mean, and, and everyone goes into it kind of knowing that. And that's kind of what you want. You want them to be, you want to, your home broadcasters to be homers for the most part. You want them to slant towards your team. That's kind of what you're there for. But like the transparency of progress is good for, it's a good look for the Orioles. The Rays have been one of the best organizations in the league for, you know, six, seven years. They win every year. They figure it out. Like, to have improved against them is a huge step in the right direction. It's, you know, and you're in a juggernaut league, you're in a juggernaut division, and you're beating all those teams. Um, what can you say? And fans are smart enough to know that. That's that's the thing. This is like also a, our fans are too dumb. They're just going to think about how bad we were. No, they're just thinking about how good you are. And they're coming to the mm-hmm. ballpark to show you how good they you think they are. Like shows how sweet the process has been. Like, yes, you're, it you're makes reaping the journey that much better. Yeah. You're reaping the reward of like being invested, especially if you're a longtime fan who stayed invested, you're, you're staying, you know, around for the good times. I mean, what, and it could, and for, and by the way, and for people that weren't paying attention, it contextualizes how much better they've gotten. Like mm-hmm. if you were like, if you just swore off the Orioles and now maybe even last month, you're like, man, I got to jump back on the, on the bandwagon of my home team. Let me like flip them on. Oh wow, they were that they were that behind the eight ball and they've come back. Like you don't even care. Like, that's great. Let me follow them for the next 10 years. Let me lock up a, a mini plan. Let me whatever. It's just like, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay to treat your fans like they're smart and can fit and can come to their own conclusion about the progress you've made. It's just like I think two things too. Number one, like the best marketing in sports among sports professional franchises 
comes out of having thick skin, comes out of being able to have fun with yourself, being able to acknowledge those, make it like a fun, playable, sardonic sort of perspective where you can play that. All right. Yeah. We are reaping the fruit of our bearing the fruit of our, you know, own progress there. And then number two, I mean, they, the whole segment that is referring to is talking about the Rays, who the, the Orioles have outwardly said, we want to model ourselves to be after the Rays. Well, guess what, mm. bitches? We're beating the Rays' brains in now, like after they've been tough for us. So, I mean, you're playing in the AL East. It is the preeminent division in American sports. Like in, in all of American sports, the AL East is uh, this year a historic tear. The Orioles are leading it. So I, I definitely feel with that point. Um, and I can even get the perspective of like making a point of like, okay, guys, let's shift towards a more, you know, in the second half, let's focus on being positive yep. Yep. next era. We're here. We have arrived. Let's direct our marketing that way. Um, I can understand that perspective slightly, but it's just, you know, unfortunate that it had to uh, get boiled over when it didn't need to. And, and like we've really said, you know, winning cures all the winning was curing it. Like the droves of fans showing up at the Yankee series at the Met series, like the excitement, the the brand names you have and guys like Adley and Gunner, like we've mentioned, it's just um, disappointing. But again, I really want this to be something positive. I think we have a great opportunity to turn this into uh, a plus. Go support the boys on the field harder. They they have nothing to do with this. And the other the other thing too, like, like you said, for the most part, they have taken that at least on there. And obviously, it's team social media, so you're not going to do as much recognition like maybe on a broadcast. But they have done an amazing job of turning the marketing into a like future, 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 and it's paid off in the present, turning out so well. And they you do they do it on the mass. And I mean, I mean, Kevin. Brown has called every Adley home, Rushman home run like it's game seven of the World Series with the knowledge that everything he does is, is exciting for fans and that gets you, you know, is, is going to, you know, make fans more excited. Like they have done that on Masson. When you watch the broadcast, they do a great job, you know, talking up the young guys and, 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 and Palmer does it and McDonald does it. It's just, yeah, just weird decision making. And like, you know, just takes away from the fact that I'm sure, you know, this is a week where there should be glowing Oriole stories. Like everyone should be writing. A, if you're a baseball media media outlet, you should be writing a glowing Oriole story this week. Here comes the big bad Astros into Baltimore for the, you know, the biggest series of the year in the American league. Um, you know, since then the trap biggest series of the year in Camden yards, Astros, Orioles, you know, the you know the former organization of the GM where they learned the, you know the tricks of the trade and here comes you know here they come into the the monster they've created and yeah, there's a pro, I don't know who's calling the game on TBS tomorrow but you know would not be totally shocking if they can't, you know made some reference to it tomorrow and I, would, I, I would the, bet I would that becomes a thing that goes hundred that becomes on them viral it. on Twitter yeah. like because you know it's easy and and you know we have to admit this as Orioles fans. Easy for the rest of the country to treat the Orioles like a joke. Oh, there's no yeah. reason not to treat them like a punching bag. At this point, they haven't still haven't done anything to to say that they're not. Besides, win seventy games on August seventh, which you know is great and it's great for us, but isn't doesn't mean anything to the rest of the country when things like this happen. So yeah, thirty three mm -hmm. is like an interesting way to put it. Right? It's like oh, there's the Orioles in Baltimore. They've done something wrong. Who cares about mm -hmm. that? Kind of it just it's just it's it's like a little defeating. But as you said, like. These are going to be great games. They have a great team on the field. That's the thing that matters the most. Um, and I'm excited to watch the games. Like, very excited to watch them. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pumped for them. I, I'm, I'm also, and someone else mentioned it in the chat. I'm, just, I'm very curious to see 
what this like what what this ends up being like what the final thing is it's just it's fascinating me because again like i said i had no clue that this would be anything close to this and now it's just like where is this going to go i I don't know it's it's bizarre just like how big it's gotten and just how literally it's a talking point everywhere so i I mean this game tomorrow to to add on even is like framber valdez against grayson rodriguez we talked about great pitchers right now yeah guy threw a no hitter last time he started like You'd yes. think that would be a storyline, like exactly. Now that's that's buried, and um, it's it's just unfortunate because these two teams, you know, are le- the likeness of Elias, the the image of them, what this team has been doing, guys like Ryan O'Hearn, things like that, um, not getting to to shine. You know, Brian Mountcastle hitting for whatever the hell he's been hitting since the since he came back from the IL. So um, I'm still fired up for the series. Can't wait. I think it is going to be awesome. The Orioles being on TBS is something to relish in as well. So. Don't let that uh, spoonful of medicine, you know, make sure to sip some sugar after that and uh, be sure to bask in it. Don't let that get ruined for you if you can't make it out to Camden Yards. But um, just just stinks on ice. And again, like you said, Eric, I, I'm curious how they're going to quell this. Um, you know, you can't throw a bucket of water on a wildfire here. And, and the, the national media, the, the microphone talkers have picked this one up and, and lit, lit it ablaze. So I don't know, man. Yeah, to contextualize it, and then we'll talk quickly about the week in Orioles. Um, as you were saying, Eric, uh, Zach Bollinger tweeted, Orioles record by year on August 6th. 2018, 34-78. 2019, 38-75. 2020, 5-7 COVID year. 2021, 38-70. 2022, 56-51. 2023, 70-42. I mean, that's that's the story. That's the headline story for the Orioles, and we just spent mm-hmm. 30 minutes on the number talking about the broadcasters. So that's, I mean, that's just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate because it has to be addressed. It's the biggest, you know, it's the biggest, it's crazy. It's the biggest story of the year for the Orioles. Besides maybe the Adley home run derby switch hit situation. This is like the thing that has caught the most wildfire on Twitter about the Orioles. Crazy. Crazy. Um, All right. Speaking of that, the Orioles are 70 and 41 or they're 42. Excuse me. Amazing. Uh, A pretty routine sweep of the Mets. Um, the 1983 stuff on Saturday was fantastic. Um, I think they did a great job with that. Um, and this team shows no signs of stomping. As you said, RDT, or excuse me, Spenny, they are now like curb stomping teams at times, which, you know, they were kind of winning series like, oh, they win 6-5 and then 4-2 and then whatever. Now they are like taking teams to the woodshed um, and show no signs of slowing down. This will be a very, very fun series. You guys are, as you said, going – both going tomorrow um, and hopefully it's an awesome environment. We haven't really had the like weekday game pop off. The weekends have now come into hopefully this week. They get the big weekday crowds um, on what should be pretty manageable days. Temperature wise. They're not mm-hmm. going to be like crazy once you get to the evening. So um, very exciting. Big spot for grace and pitching. The pitching has continued to be good. Um, and um Yeah. I mean, guys like Westberg stepping up a ton have been super consistent. We've seen the Orioles win a game by at least six runs in each of the last three series. On the 30th, they beat the Yankees 9-3. to On the 1st, they beat the Blue Jays, absolutely bludgeoned the Blue Jays in Toronto 13-3. to And then they go tromp the Mets to start that series 10-3. to And then a commanding 7-3. to And then the the interesting – I think the most, like, interesting game of this whole – It was weird. uh, Last, like, three series was how, like, tired and, like – 
not lively the Orioles were in general on Sunday and just watching like the they haven't played a team under 500 they haven't played a spiraling team in 40 days or whatever it is and the the Mets just are kicking the ball around letting Jorge Mateo you know on on what could have been a singler and out get to third base like you, you see Shintaro Fujinami come in in the eighth and it's just absolutely electric throwing 102.6. I think it was able to hit his splitter, mm-hmm. locating his splitter away, like great action on it. Seemed like it was early action on it. So just finding a way on days where they shouldn't be winning games to just still play winning baseball, competitive baseball. And like they, uh, it's like a football phrase, like play down to their opponent. That's not a thing in baseball, but like the Mets had every opportunity to win that game. You get two ground grounded, a double plays out of Pete Alonzo Bradish, who's like your de facto ace right now, has like his worst start and doesn't allow a run still. CNL Perez comes out of nowhere and just shuts mm-hmm. it down for him, gives you another solid inning. So it's like even their low, low competitive moments are still lively and kicking. So um, on the field, they've got the juice. I love what I've seen out of Jordan Westberg. He's secretly on fire right now. I feel like yeah. he's been hitting every day. Uh, yeah, I looked that up. I think he was hitting like two, I think it was like 264, 265. And yeah, it's like, oh, he's like, a, he's having quietly like a very strong season so far. And again, I mean, the play where he scored from first on the bizarre play by Marte in, in right field, I, I thought he was camped under that forever. And when it dropped, again, you saw like Westbrook kind of get tied up at second and then he just ends up taking off. You know, he gets to send home. So, I mean, that game, people forget too. I think that game was 2 2 and it was like the Mets. I think the Orioles got out of a big – well, they did it Friday and Saturday. But, the like, the Mets had guys on, like, second and third with, like, one out or something like that. And the Orioles were able to get out of it and then just exploded from there Friday night. Uh, again, Saturday night they did, you know, kind of the same thing. They, the bats came alive. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was an awesome series. And, again, I, I just kind of went into it being like, you know, I think they'll win two out of three. Like, a sweep would be nice. I would, You never expect a sweep. but You saying two out of three, possibly sweep? Weird. Possibly sweep. Weird. Wow. Wow. No, but, like – you know, and it's like, oh, fuck it. You that know, was bizarre that. hearing you say that verbally. That was, I, like, I don't even know if you realize you were doing it. No, that's like, I think it's the first time I've ever said it out loud. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it was a cool series going into it because, again, we had the buck angle. So we had that on Thursday and Friday. And then you had the Saturday, the 83 stuff, which was great. I didn't get to watch much of Saturday. But, um, and then again, when you saw the lineup Sunday, it's like Mateo and center and this guy here. And you're like, whatever, let's let's go try and win a game. And it was one of those games where they had to like actually try and win it. It was it was it was a weird it was a very strange game. Um, but again, it, I mean, good teams just kind of find ways to win like that. You know, ball gets by a guy and then you're scoring on a ground ball. Um, yeah. So so again, you know, go, even going back to the. Um, I don't because, oh, we haven't talked or recorded since the um, the Fuji, the Fuji inning in Toronto which was that, that seems like three weeks ago at this point, that was Wednesday. <laughs> like, like, you know, he had the blow up and, and nobody was really happy. And, and we haven't talked. It was the, yet. it was the classic. Oh my God. You guys thought this was a big trade line acquisition. Yeah. And he just yeah. can't even, can't even do a thing. Which, it was a classic moment on Twitter, which again, and like grace, I mean, Grayson that, that it sucks. Cause he got overshadowed again there. I mean, he had a great start that night. He was, yes, awesome. he did. And, and again, it kind of gets lost and he, He's up near 100 pitchers or 90 pitches, and he walks two guys, I think, in the, was it seventh, I guess? Um, and that's when it just kind of fell apart from there. But um, So, again, like we haven't talked to – Spenny, you talked about it. You dipped into it. But, I mean, we can talk about Flaherty on Thursday too. He was incredible. I mean, that was about as hyped up as, as I've seen Orioles Twitter like in a while. I mean, he, he, he looked great. He got himself into some jams, and he was able to work himself out in the first and his last inning. Like I, I loved everything I saw from him. 
all his quotes post game were awesome. Like he, you know, he was praising Adley and the coaching staff and, and what they do with, you know, batters and pitchers again, especially on such short notice, but he like that, that, that performance was like a holy shit. This was awesome. And again, that's spending, you talked about it at the deadline, but it's like, these are the kind of guys, like, again, he's, he's awesome for re- like, he almost won the Cy Young in, in at what, 23 years old or whatever. Like, yep. He's filthy and he showed it. So Again, these should these could should kind of be the stories like, oh, the Orioles are throwing Grayson, you know, blah blah blah, and Flaherty, you know, come this upcoming series. How fucking terrifying is that after looking back at their starts? So, um, I, I am excited to again see him go round two and and see what Grayson can do against uh, Valdez tomorrow. So yeah, Valdez is good well against the Orioles. I think he has like a three six eighty RA. Um, Severino did too before this season, but. That's very true. Very true. But Valdez coming off the no-no. I think the Astros have won five out of their last seven. The Orioles have won 21 of their last 28, which is the best mark in the majors. Two red-hot teams. And this is a very, very likely playoff matchup. Very likely playoff matchup. The Orioles have a strong shot to win the AL, have the one seed, and are likely going to get like the Rangers or the Astros and then the uh, – the uh, other wild card team or whatever it ends up being. My brain just blanked out for a second. I had the image in my head, but uh, the AL central team is probably not going to play the Orioles, especially if the Orioles do finish with the best record in the AL. So uh, super interesting there. And a team that has been there has done that. D- Dusty Baker talking that shit at the white house literally today earlier that just flies right under the radar now. So Dusty just got to slip a little, him slip and, a little him stiv in you. And, him and uh, Tim Anderson high-fiving like back there. Also, I, I do – I don't know if you guys have seen this one. We have a big dog weighing in now, a massive person. Do you want me to read it first and then tell you who said it? Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I can't even look at his picture. I cannot believe this guy got suspended for just giving stats on the series history. It's all he did. The O's top brass needs to grow a pair and enjoy the ride this year. Why keep serious stats if they offend you? What a bunch of crybabies. Hashtag free Kevin Brown. I will give you both one guess to see which celebrity said this. Celebrity, nothing to do with sports. Oh, man. Um, <sighs> celebrity, so not a that Has no affiliation to Baltimore either? No, none, none. Wow. His so style just- of... His style of work is not even associated with like this part God, of the country. What's I'm gonna guess like I'm gonna guess Bill Burr. What's you were close. Name? You were close. Nah. Oh, so it's you're a in comedian? the you're in the right you're in the right ballpark. So it's a comedian. Yes. Oh my! I don't even have a name. You can go ahead. Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never. I would have never gotten that a million years. Well, now you can put the nail in the coffin. Now that we've yeah. gotten Larry's input. But this is how crazy this is. I mean, what Larry the Cable Guy? I mean, I mean, this is just everyone's popping on Twitter and getting upset because it's good. Hashtag for free Kevin Brown from at Gitter Done Larry. That's so good. God, that's good. God, that's good. What's sad is there's definitely someone in the Orioles organization that is having to like compile all of the stuff from this, and they're gonna have to throw Larry the Cable Guy in and be like, yeah, yeah here's the here's all the bad press we're getting. Larry the Cable Guy's at the top of the. It's like here's what RDT didn't say. Here's Kevin, what Kevin Brown's said. like. What the hell is going on? What is my life right now? Like, I mean, yeah, there was no doubt. A penny for his thoughts. My goodness. My Jeez. goodness. Uh, uh, I don't know. Someone just tweeted, "Larry the Cable Guy's dragging us to 70 win AL leading Orioles are getting dragged by Larry the freaking Cable Guy." <laughs> <laughs> 
We're living in a this is just further proof we're living in a simulation. Yeah, this and by the way, crap sucks. I by think, the way, I think Spinny said at the beginning this also is a day where they at Ravens training camp they were fielding questions about the Orioles lease. I mean, what a world! The year is 2023, and the simulation is showing itself. They're, they're talking about texted the in our group Orioles chat. at Ravens training camp in a serious. Or one manner. of you guys was like. He should just sign the lease right now. <laughs> yeah, he should. Or like, if he DFA's Mate- Jorge Mateo, I mean, Juan <laughs> Angelo like, says DFA uh, Jorge Mateo. Uh, if there were three, yeah, I'm it, sorry, it, Jorge. Really, it meant, it's like the Baltimore Orioles have DFA'd Jorge Mateo, and then it's a revised statement later that says John Angelo says DFA'd Jorge Mateo. Well, everyone is doing now. They're taking the Orioles' normal transaction graphics and you know making mm-hmm. jokes out of them. The Orioles should just do that themselves. That would actually be we, the funniest uh, possible way of dealing with it. <laughs> that really would be. He comes out and calls a calls a press conference at Camden Yards and DFA's Jorge Mateo. Man, I got I, would, I got Adam. I, would in, I got that. Adam in the mentions now. Oh, this is gonna be tough. Oof. What's so, he got? He just said, "Who are they?" You'll see. I sent it in the group chat. Uh, I mean, this yeah. What a wild, wild situation. Ahead of a TBS series, the Astros coming to town. I mean, August 7th, the Orioles making national headlines on a day off. That truly is wild. The governor of Maryland fielding questions at Ravens training camp in a jersey about the permanency of Camden Yards and the Orioles relationship. Just a whirlwind day. Truly, truly feels like the Orioles. I I think the Orioles have made it. Like, I think this means that they've made it. Like, the Orioles couldn't grab a national headline if they tried, like, not too long ago. So, they're here. They've they're yeah, here. truly made it. Truly made it. Uh, they just uh, – name is escaping me. The uh, the Boston Red Sox are now talking about it on their broadcast. Again, so this, and of course – like This like, is happening where everywhere in the league. We're getting a lot of, as Yankee fans, this is bullshit. It's, it's when a player gets hurt. Like, as a Raven fan, you don't want – I hope Jarvis Landry isn't paralyzed. You have to like preface it with like, as a Padres fan, I'm disgusted by this. You know, what a day. Um, we will probably we will have more audio uh, this week. Uh, Spenny, are you guys doing the jumbo set this week? Yeah, we'll be doing the jumbo set, I believe, on Thursday. Talking about the Ravens have preseason kicking up. Football is back, so we'll be firing that up, and you guys will see that on the feed. Look out for the jumbo set. And uh, Jake and I, Jake already made a cool little graphic and stuff. There might be a, an Orioles specific vertical. Let us know feedback if you guys like that. If if you like the the separation of content, you like being able to identify. Does that help you guys out? And anything else? Throw us some likes. Throw us some subscriptions. Go leave this podcast a five star review on Apple. I think you can on Spotify as of the last year or so too. You Share can, it with yep. a friend. So me, Taylor. Eric, Brian, Jake, we're chopping it up. Football season almost upon us. We're going to be year one of us joining Exit 52, Jake and I. We're going to have the Orioles. You know, I, I declared them in the playoffs. So I don't even have to knock on wood. And then the Ravens fired up with the new Lamar Jackson contract. October should be sick. This is going to be an incredible yeah, time for and I, the Birds and the Exit 52 podcast. Yeah, the, we, we sort of decided to do the separate verticals because trying to do the Ravens and the Orioles in one podcast with all the segments at this point is like – the shows are going to be two and a half hours. So I think the deep dive analysis of both teams will kind of live on um, the jumbo set portion. And then the Orioles one we're going to do, and then we'll come back, try to come back together for some of the segment one, sort of the, what me um, RDT and uh, banks did in the past and kind of s- sprinkle everyone into those. Um, and then great job by Jake 
um, on the season in between. Really good stuff. If you haven't checked that out, make sure to. Um, really fun deep dive. Um, and I got to be honest, I didn't know anything about how he'd structured it going in. So when I was listening, I you know just kind of heard it all for the first time. Really great specific dives into like Ravens history as a whole. So he jumps into the 96 draft and um, the development of Bashadi as an owner, Modell moving the team, sort of connected a lot on Steve McNair's personal history, connecting it all back to that season. So that stuff is also fascinating, um, especially if you're maybe a younger fan that didn't live some through some of those times. The, the ultimate a really good dive. It's the ultimate. I'm on my family vacation in August and I need something to listen to content. Cue it up on those road trips. You will not be disappointed. Yep. It has been uh, a friend to my commute for the last um, couple of weeks because uh, he goes very in depth. So, very good job by Jake on that. Make sure to check that out. You can follow us all on social media. You can follow uh, Spenny at Ravens for Dummies, the number four between Ravens and Dummies. You can follow RDT at E D I T T I 22. You can follow me at Towers by 10. You can follow Banks. I think Banks is now in Seattle or something. I mean, that guy is in a new town every single week. I don't know where um, he is. No, we haven't heard from him all day, really. Oh, so. that's I, I. I don't know what happened to his phone. He may have dropped this. He may not know. He may yeah, not he know anything happening. He may not know. He did put something up on his Instagram of him drinking a daiquiri in the middle of the day. So that's he's true. somewhere. He's doing something. I just, I, just I believe in what. the Pacific Northwest, indulging in the delights of the old. He daiquiri. may not even be in this country, though, right? Yeah. He, no, he went to Vancouver. I think he's moved into Vancouver. So he is. Yeah. So he's he is into Canada, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not to give, not to dox him, not to give away his location. You can go <laughs> somewhere him. in Canada. Go find <laughs> him. Uh, you follow Jake at Jake Luke. Um, you follow the podcast at Exit Fifty Two Podcast. As Spencer said, make sure to you know like, review, subscribe, do all those good things. It it helps us um, do all the things we like to do. Thanks to our sponsors, um, Black Eyed Susan Spice Company, Fed Thrill, Jimmy Seafood. Appreciate all they do, and we will see you next time on the Exit Fifty Two Podcast, presented by Jimmy Seafood. See ya.